Penny. Tyler. How's it going? I'm all right. Beautiful. Yeah. So welcome to another episode, Tune Through the Static. Yeah. We're just, uh, we're going to blast right into this, right off the hop here and, and get the uh, quick news headlines out of the way. Yeah. So uh, first on the docket here, we got Leslie Grace is set to play Batgirl in a new HBO Max movie. Cool beans. Yeah, that could be very exciting. Yes. Uh, Netflix. A, as we discussed last week, they're including games as part of their monthly subscription. Which is nice. Which is going to be all kinds of weird when that starts happening. It looks like Neil Gaiman's Nancy Boys is going to get a Amazon series adaptation, which I think has mm-hmm. a, a lot of potential. Yes. Uh, Last of Us, they have some more casting, this time with Anna Torv of Mindhunter fame. Yes. She's good. That's yeah. good casting. Yeah, very good casting. And then finally here we got Matt Ryan is going to take on a new role in DC's Legends of Tomorrow in Season 7 after playing Constantine since Season 4. I have never seen that show, so... I can't say I have either, but uh, those are the bullet points of freaking exciting things happening this week. Yeah. And uh, I think from there we'll just get right into the main stuff that we're excited to talk about here. Yeah. So, Kevin Smith, starting to shoot Clerks 3 next month with the main cast returning. Yes. I am so fucking pumped about this. Because I, as you know, I am Mm -hmm. a big Kevin Smith fan. Mm -hmm. Clerks, the original Clerks was like, it was a fucking game changer for me. Really the catalyst moment that got me into fucking film Seeing that someone can make such an entertaining story for like less less than 15 grand by maxing out some credit cards. Yeah. I've been waiting forever for a fucking Clerks 3. Like Clerks 2 I was excited for and don't get me wrong it was good but it was no Clerks 1. But then shortly after he always talked about Clerks being like a trilogy. Okay. And I mean, I think things have changed since then, but his his original plan for the Kevin Smith view universe, as he calls it, was going to be start his career with Clerks, do a bunch of movies in between. The middle point of his career was going to be Clerks 2, do some movies in between, and then him closing his career and retiring was going to be Clerks 3. Okay, so is this Kevin Smith retiring then? I don't know. That's where I said things could change because by all accounts, as far as I'm aware, he's doing a sequel to Mallrats as well. Oh, is he? So I don't know. And now he's picking up little side projects, right? Like he did the Netflix He-Man Masters of the Universe. That's right. Which he's getting, man, he's getting shit on hard for that. Yes, I saw that and I have no idea why. Uh, Like I'm not a fan of He-Man, so I have no idea what he did or did not do, but he's catching so much shit. Yeah, well, he just pissed off a lot of, like, quote-unquote, true or diehard oh. He-Man fans because, like, it's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, right? So it's, like, He-Man and Skeletor are the two main people. Yes. And gistively what happened is in the first, like, episode or two episodes, He-Man and Skeletor die. Oh, okay. And then it kind of shifts focus to She-Woman or whatever. Okay. For, like, two or three episodes. And then you find out that Skeletor and He-Man aren't actually dead. And they come back halfway through the season and then it refocuses on them again. But a lot of people saw the first episode, saw them get killed off, and the character focus shift off. So people are going, 
how do you do a He-Man show and there's no fucking He-Man? This is so stupid. You're so dumb. And then they started review bombing it. And he's kind of like, he's, he's not one to bite his tongue. So he's like, you guys are fucking retarded. Oh, that's watching the rest of it. Yeah. My apologies. He's saying, yeah, you guys are being absolutely ridiculous. Like watch the whole series. It's not a He-Man show without He-Man. Right. This is just like the way the story's going. And we do some, some, you know, character shift and some different focus on other characters. But He-Man comes back. Skeletor comes back and closes out with the focus on them. Right. But Hmm. it didn't happen all at once. So people were only watching the first couple episodes and they're getting absolutely furious about it. That's stupid. Yeah. So anyway, that's why he's getting shit on hard Uh, for all of that stuff. Fair enough. But Clerks 3 beyond excited because this has been in the works forever like he's had a script going forever okay but he always said he wouldn't do it without jeff anderson and brian o'halloran right dante and randall like there's no clerks without dante and randall no no and i can't remember which one off the top of my head i want to say it was jeff anderson like the guy who played randall yep just wasn't interested anymore oh Okay. So that's this whole time he's like, unless they're both on board, there's no clerks three. So for years and years and years, it just kind of sat in limbo because he refused to do it without all parties involved. And now there's I, interest, I'm guessing. So yeah, I don't know what he did to respark the interest, but eventually he was like, okay, fuck it, I'll come back, I'll reprise the role, and it was like perfect. Now that you're both, or like now that I have both of you on board, yeah. then we'll be. We'll be going hard on this. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm all right with this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, so excited, especially because the Jay and Silent Bob reboot was pretty disappointing to me. Yeah, like I, I had a decent time with it, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, I, I as a Kevin Smith fan watching it, I was like, oh, this isn't. This isn't super awesome. Yeah. But I watched it anyway. I mean, I support it. Oh, yeah, of course. But like the Dante and Randall are just like iconic characters in cult cinema for me. So yeah. like for this to actually finally come back and happen, I'm I'm beyond pumped. Yes. I'm just like super 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 stoked. And Speak- I mean and I'm just hyped for a, a Mallrats 2. Especially right. now that like Kevin Smith has like mended his relationship with Ben Affleck, yeah. who was a very focal point in the original Mallrats. I'm I'm just yeah. all, I'm just excited all around. Speaking of like kind of cult like films that we grew up on, did you see the new Jackass trailer? I am beyond yes excited. Yes. For Jackass Forever. Yes, because like we grew up on that, like, and it's like doing dumb shit with your friends, right? Yeah. And fucking, like, I don't know what it is about those, but, like, just seeing, like, some dude get hit in the nuts or, like, a high five coming out of a door. Like, I just, I can't help but fucking laugh. Yeah, I, I'm just beyond, yeah. beyond pumped. Like, I've, I've probably watched that trailer, like, at least a dozen times at I, this me point. Me too, me too. Um, And then I also went back and watched, like, old clips, like, from the old movies, too, because, like, I was just like, I need... Yeah, and it seems like they have a bunch of younger people in that too. So it seems like they're going to pass, pass the pass, torch. Which that was my hope is that like those type of movies don't die. 
mm-hmm. right? Is like get a younger generation that knows what it is and isn't afraid to do fucking shit. The only well, thing I'm disappointed about, and I know why he's not in it, but I uh, the Bam Margera stuff is so it's sad. Yeah, it's it's definitely heartbreaking because he is a focal point in Jackass, like yeah. with him and his like CKY crew meeting yep. up with you know the the big brother fucking magazine guys and like launching yep. this whole thing yeah like yeah it is disheartening but but when you look at it you also see why like he's he's been on an incredibly self-destructive path ever since the passing of dunn and he just can't yeah. seem to get it and it's pretty pretty clear i mean i'm not a doctor so i mean don't listen to me in any regards like i am not qualified to give out any sort of medical diagnosis but in my eyes, it is pretty apparent that he's suffering from some kind of like he's got some sort of mental disorder for sure. They they've I want to say it was bipolar. I thought yeah, someone talked about it because someone was like one of the cast or something was talking about it like that he's like he's stopped basically stopped taking medication for whatever it is too. So like it's a combination of like that and like his drugs and all of that stuff i would imagine right like well and I, I don't know if you ever saw that he turned around and deleted it but he did like an instagram live yes. kind of rant yeah i remember watching that and i was just so heartbroken i was like oh. yeah it was, it was devastating yeah, just because like, like he was yeah. obviously clearly fucked up at that point in time too and then like the video ends with him like puking in the sink yeah, like you just watch it and you're just like, man, you're in a rough place and that fucking sucks. Like, yeah, and like the, there's nothing worse because like I've gone through this personally with friends too, where they're not in a good spot and you do everything you can to help them. Yeah, and you know everyone who's not directly involved can see like, oh, you're trying to help him, you're trying to get him better, but the person you're trying to help just doesn't see it that way and sees mm-hmm. it as a an attack and you not being there for them and stuff like that. Because I mean, like if you look at a lot of those guys have a history of not not being super fucking great with their substance use. Yeah, right? that's probably putting it lightly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at the likes, like, Brandon Novak from, like, the BAM side of the crew, right? Like, he was a straight-on heroin addict. Yep. And, like, that guy's been, I don't know, five-plus years clean at the moment yep. and does outreach programs. I, yep. I remember listening to him come on the Howard Stern show once, and he full-on gave out his phone number on the Stern show and was like, if you're an addict and you're struggling, he's like, yep, call me. Yeah. I've been there. Like yeah. no one like, or and, like, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know if you ever, they never made a movie of it. The plan was to make a movie of it, but Novak wrote a book years and years and years ago called dream seller. Okay. And it was just like a biography on his life up until that point. Right. And all the terrible things he did because of his addiction. Right. Yeah. And by all accounts, like even after he wrote that book, he relapsed and went back into full blown addiction. But like, this is like, he's not like an addict, like, oh, I have a lot of money, so I party hard and then I sleep it off and I'm kind of a train wreck. Like, this guy's addiction, like in his book, he straight up admits that like there were points in Baltimore where he was literally like sucking strangers' dicks for to money get, yeah, to yeah. go get more heroin yeah like, this is a like he was a straight up fucking homeless drug addict yep. went from being potentially like he could have had a long and lustrous professional skateboarding career and yep. threw it away for heroin addiction yeah but like he's clean and sober and you look yep. at steve-o and like yep. his little side videos like steve-o out on bail and stuff like that like this guy was like huffing nitrous like nobody's business and 
swallowing condoms full of marijuana to smuggle it around the world when it was like at the peak of like, you're going to go to jail if you get caught doing this stuff. And he's completely clean and sober and vegan now. So like yeah, people with far more, well, I guess it's person depending. So I guess oh, for it's sure, not yeah. fair to say they had higher, harder addictions, but I mean like by all accounts, Bam just is like a full blown alcoholic with some bipolar disorder and stuff like that. One, one would think from the outside looking in that that would be a little easier to get under control and seek help for and get sober from, as opposed to someone who's fighting alcoholism, heroin addiction, cocaine addiction, nitrous addiction. Like, yeah, but it's, it's all devastating. So yeah, yeah, it's, I was extremely bummed out to see that he didn't, that he like wasn't doing his tests and taking his medication and seeing his therapy. And from the interviews I've seen with Knoxville, it's pretty unfortunate because it sounded like they set him up like Bam yeah. claimed that they set him up for failure. Whereas everyone else is like, we couldn't have made this easier. Like we filmed Jackass and he goes and he takes his pills. And then yeah. in the afternoon we have it prearranged for him to go see a therapist Yep. And we have like all this stuff set up so that he can live a normal life and shoot jackass while getting clean at the same time. And he just couldn't, yep. couldn't do it. Yeah. And I get it from a t- studio perspective, right? Because there's liability and like, Oh yeah. Yep. Someone like that who could at any point go off the rails. That's a huge insurance liability. Oh yeah. Especially for those movies that already have a huge insurance liability. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Very, very unfortunate, but yeah but i am i am hyped on yeah, the new too. jackass like i'm just beyond hyped yes me too and then we got that last of a show hbo is tossing lots of money at it yeah this has me excited like they're tossing like game of thrones level money at it which, which is good is, oh yeah that's super exciting I th- and like to be honest, I think when you look at this, like that is, you need to give it that budget, right? Because it's this kind of big epic story, right? So, so yeah, yeah I think I'm, it's this is this is great news, yeah. like really, really great news. Yeah, yeah like I, I, my concern was like HBO not doing it like true enough to the original game, and then my concern was like hopefully like a world like this with these kind of actors is going to cost a pretty punny penny. So hopefully yeah. they're not cheaping out on it, that they're actually going all in. And by yeah. all accounts, it appears that they're, they're taking this very serious and they're giving it the attention and the creative freedom and everything that they need to, to make sure that like this is successful, which just makes me hopeful for the future of other really good game franchises that could translate really well into like mini series and stuff. Yeah. And like, it's <clears throat> like, Talking about those concerns, like it's been kind of crazy that like every concern we've had, like an article will come out a few months later and be like, oh, that concern is gone now. Right. You know, like it was like starting off like, okay, how are they going to do the game justice? You know, and the director of the game that is also working on the show was like, actually, this just gives us more opportunity for character development and we're still going to tell the same story. So it was like, cool. And then it was like, okay, you got to get the casting right. They got the casting right. They got good people. So it's like, cool. And it's like, they're giving them fat stacks of cash to do it even better. So it's like, they're going to really have to try to fuck this up. 
Yeah, I think it's it's definitely turning out to be a, an incredible project. Yeah. So it's I mean, I'm trying not to get like too hyped, but like I also have faith that this is actually going to be really good, so. Well, it just reaffirms my relief that it's HBO doing it, and not someone else. Yep. Especially cuz they're like they got the guy that did Chernobyl. Like that guy knows how to do a story in a fucking dark, gritty environment mm-hmm. where there's not a lot of good things happening, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, and you got, you know, Pedro Pascal. Like, that dude's good. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This can't come soon enough. No, but it seems like they are like chugging along in production pretty quick. So, yeah, so- it doesn't look like they're stalling for time. So. No, no shutdowns or anything as far as I've seen. No. Sam, this is good news. All right, so now we got a new series coming to Netflix based on the Night Agent books. Yes. Which, uh, apparently New York Times bestseller, conspiracy thriller. Yeah. So it's based on the novel the same name. It's about a sophisticated character-based action thriller centering on a low-level FBI agent who works in the basement of the White House, manning a phone that never rings until one night it does, propelling him into a fast-moving and dangerous conspiracy that ultimately leads all the way to the Oval Office. Yeah, I like that. I like that day one. It gives me like Jack Ryan vibes, like mm-hmm. kind of like spy thriller, which is like I love those shows. So to get more of it, like I think is really cool. Yeah. So, and I could always use more interesting Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, a la yeah, government, military, yeah. secret agent, spy stuff. Yeah, that's why this one is exciting because it's like seems like it's good source material, and it's like a premise that's like right up our alley. So, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what this. And they say it's going to be ten episodes, and I don't know. They don't have any other details about casting or anything like that, but this is still like early pre-production. It sounds like so. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious. Can't wait to see how this one turns out. Yeah. And then we got uh, Michelle Monaghan is doing a limited series on Netflix, and the interesting part is she's doing the like playing two different characters as herself. Yeah, and I. Find this fascinating when actors do this because it's like it's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. But if you pull it off, it's like really cool. Yeah, kind of like Army Hammer playing both Winklevoss twins. Yes. Or uh, didn't Tom Hardy do it with uh, like a gangster one? Mm. I think. Yeah. I can't remember what that one was called, but I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think who else has done it. I mean, you could maybe argue like in Split, um, what's his name kind of did it, but that was more like he just had a bunch of personalities. But Well, I think one of the impressive ones would be, um, oh no, I forgot her name. From American Horror Story, when she did Freak Show. Oh, right. And she, they were... The two heads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would literally have to do all the dialogue and stuff with one with a fake head on her left. 
That's and right. they would have to reshoot, move the head to the other side, and she'd have to play That's the right. sister. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So it's... And when it's done right, it's super cool. And what's the tagline for this? So it's a mystery thriller that centers on two identical twins who have secretly swapped lives since they were children. So they essentially share both their lives and swap back and forth, which could... That's not the most interesting premise in my mind, but like... I still think it's cool. I like her. I think she's very good. So, yeah, I was a big fan since the path. Oh, that's right. With a uh, dude from breaking bad. Yeah. And I was pretty disheartened when it just kind of like abruptly ended and got canceled. Right. Yeah. 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 This is cool. It's always fascinating when actors do this because it is tough. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Oh, no, we got uh, Michael B. Jordan is developing a Black Superman limited series for HBO Max. Yeah. So this is it's based on like a Zod version of the character, I think. Val Zod. Yeah. Which I'm not very familiar with the, no. the comics, though. No, me neither, but I mean, if you're going to do another Superman? I mean, Michael B. Jordan is probably the choice. Mm-hmm. It I looks mean, like dude, this is part of, like, DC's multiverse. Right. Like, yeah. Belzad is also from Krypton, but he's from a different universe, but follows a similar origin stories. Right. Went away from his home world to Earth after the death of his parents and becomes the second... and becomes the second person to take up the mantle of Superman. Right. So, I mean, that's... I mean, if you're going to, because, like, Henry Cavill keeps saying he's not done with Superman, but yet he, like, there's no inclinations that they're ever going to bring him back, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, and if they're just going to double down on this multiverse shit, which seems like they are going to, then, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. This seems like a no-brainer. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is kind of at the peak of his career right now, like he's doing great. Yeah, he's really killing it in pretty much everything that he does. And he's starting to get into directing, and this is his production company too. So that would ideally mean that he's probably got some creative input in the show too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm down for this. I think this is cool. I mean, in HBO Max, not CW, so. Yeah. There's a real potential there. Yeah, I think... A lot of these HBO Max like superhero shows are starting to kind of pique my interest. Because they're not going to be CW. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. You can do way more interesting stuff not on the CW. Mm-hmm. But yeah. This is dope. And then we got Damon Lindelof and Matt Reeves are also doing a HBO Max show. Which I am down for because I really like Lindelof. He does good shit. Yeah, he, everything he seems to put out has been pretty solid. Yeah. And so this is called The Human Conditions. It's going to follow a young British doctor who learns to treat impossible fantastical illnesses. 
and confronting their issues along the way. That seems right up his alley because it sounds weird as fuck. <laughs> mm, see, I was kind of into it until I see that they treat fantastical illnesses by healing the emotional issues that underlie them. And that's where I'm starting to lose my interest. See, that's where my interest peaks because that to me screams like his leftovers stuff. And I love that show, which was all about like emotional conflict. So if it, he does it like that, then I'm totally in for it. Yeah, I guess it depends on how he, how he does it out. Because I thought that was like the big appeal about The Leftovers is like, because it was basically Justin Theroux's just emotional struggle throughout that whole fucking show. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fantastic. So if, it, if it's kind of like that, then I'm into this. I don't I know. Go ahead. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know if I'm on board yet, but when I start getting more like casting details, yeah. more details on like the fucking the plot and ultimately some kind of like teaser trailer. I mean, it's yeah. going to HBO and it's Damon Lindelof. So, I mean, I imagine it's going to be good because yeah. like everything else he does has been like unique and different mm-hmm. and and captivating to say the least. So, yeah, I have high higher hopes, but I'm. Yeah. I'm not I'm not letting myself get super amped yet. Yeah, it definitely needs more information, but it was like one of those headlines where I was like, ooh, like and especially because like I'm rewatching Lost right now, which is him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like remembering how fucking good Lost is, so like I was like, all right, I I could use more of him in my life. Fair enough. It's so. it's still that's a show that I still haven't seen that I still debate watching, but I just with all the shows and movies that are coming out now, especially with everything going on these streaming services, yeah, God, that's such a fucking time commitment to watch Lost from start to finish. Yeah, because it is. Can I pull it up here? I am. Yeah, it's one of those ones that like I'll throw a few episodes on as I'm like playing a game or something like that, where it's like kind of or re rewatching it on like a Tuesday night after work when I don't want to think about anything, but. But is it's a big time commitment because it's it's prime time prime TV where it's like there is twenty four episodes per season and there is like six seasons so mm-hmm. which but, is a lot so yeah but it is also very good but it's a time commitment that is a big time commitment yeah so yeah well, and then our last piece of news is uh, Warner Brothers announced that they're going to produce at least ten movies exclusively for HBO Max in 2022. Yes. So this is kind of interesting because it seems like they're kind of not backing out of like the day and date stuff, but like they're altering it kind of as they go. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, and now that they're doing like dedicated ones, like I bet some of this stuff, like is some of those DC ones, like that Batgirl movie, right? Like that's yeah. HBO Max. So like it's stuff like that, I would think. Right. Well, I imagine with all the <clears throat> lawsuits flying around here lately, I I would imagine that they're going to do at least 10 original things on there just because the stuff that they already had filmed that was supposed to be day and date, they're like, oh, well, they're filmed, contracts are signed, maybe we don't want to get sued. Yeah, yeah. So maybe much. we'll just leave those as theatrical, and then going forward when we mo- make movies from here on out, It'll be written in the contract that these will be day and date just to avoid any sort of legal drama. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting 
So like if they're saying like exclusively for HBO Max, are those never going to hit the theater then? Probably not if they're saying exclusively. Yeah, probably not. Those are probably kind of like a, a Netflix original where it only ever hits the streaming service. Yeah, which I... I it's weird how they're doing, like, because it's weird how they're splitting up some of the DC stuff, right? Like, it seems like their big stuff is hitting theaters, like the Batman, right? <clears throat> yeah. But, like, Batgirl is, like, seemingly just, like, HBO Max, right? So it's... I'm curious what the quality difference of those are. Like, it seems like HBO Max is, like, not afraid to toss money at stuff, but... I don't know. I guess only time will tell again. It'd be nice to get a list. Yeah, which, because you got to think if they're saying 2022, you got to think a bunch of that is already in the can, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, I wonder if you Google HBO Max exclusive movies, what comes up? Because maybe some have already been announced. Yeah. Not really saying anything. No. But I think I gotta do something to get viewers on that thing, right? Yeah. So but yeah. That's all the news we got. Mm-hmm. So I guess where do you want to start off with? So I watched a, a limited TV series that I forgot I added to my PVR, and it showed up one day. So I decided to watch it. A teacher. Yes. So it is a FX limited series with Kate Mara. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Kate Mara plays a teacher. Okay. And the show is about how that teacher fucks one of her students. Oh. And that's kind of the plot. Okay. Yeah. And it's... It, it was a weird show because, like, there was, like... Like, A, if that's a tagline you can get behind for a drama, check it out. It might be worth it. But if that tagline does not sell you, then, like, don't watch it because that's all it is about, right? Hmm. But I really like Kate Mara, so I was like, I'll check this out because I really like her. And, yeah, so it's basically, like, a show about, like, how that happens, which, like, in real life that happens all the time and you always see news headlines, right? And so, yeah, it's kind of about how that relationship develops but what i thought was interesting is they actually spent a lot of time on the after effects of it so it's like 10 episodes and i think the big reveal of like when they all get caught and like some spoilers here like she kind of gets in a lot of trouble and maybe does some jail time but they end up spending like four or five episodes on like the after effect of like how it actually affects them like down the line in their life which I actually thought was interesting because like typically if you're going to do a show like that, like the big lead up to where they get caught would kind of be the end of the show. Right. Yeah. But it's really only the midpoint and like they actually touch on like how much it fucked up both of their lives, like looking back on it and they kind of end the show of like, here they are 15 years later and they run into each other and they're like, the kid is still like super fucked up from it because she, you know, took advantage of them and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it was interesting. Like it was like it. I had no expectations for it, and I was like that was actually like 
kind of enjoyable other than they had some like really cringy ass like 50 shades of gray lines in some of the episodes where yeah. it's like oh i was like that that sounds like straight up out of a porn video like but like overall like it was actually pretty decent like performance wise mm. and like it was like there was parts of it where i was like that was actually like way better than i thought it should be for what that show is so yeah like like i said if that plot line piques your interest then check it out because it's a fx 10 episode limited series that is not going to get another season if that plot line doesn't catch your attention then i mean it's not for you but yeah, I don't know how high that would rank on my list, but I do like Kmar as well. And the yeah. last uh, limited series that FX did that I watched it was Devs, and it was one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, but yeah, that one doesn't doesn't overly pique my interest. Yeah, that makes sense. And it was like I don't even remember when I added it to my PVR, but it just showed up, and I was like, oh, "All right, let's check this out because I can burn it off in a day while I'm doing something." Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, "There's actually some meat to it." And there's some shit in it too like i said but like not, not bad overall mm-hmm. all right then and then Future. yeah and you checked out gunpowder milkshake yeah that's like a new netflix original movie i saw that is that good should i watch that if you just want like it honestly uh very early on you get the kind of vibes but it's very akin to netflix basically ripping off john wick but with a female lead okay okay so if you like john wick and you're like i want a female version of john wick in a different universe then it's right up your alley okay it it had some really cool action scenes that were kind of like a little obscene at times but like well choreographed and yeah, I don't know. Like that's the best way I can put it is it's like a it's Netflix's female ripoff of John Wick, but it wasn't bad. Like it was it was pretty if you just want like a nice like fun shoot 'em up action film, it was it was pretty solid. That and then did. they kind of like slowly introduce you to like their world, right? Like in John Wick you get like the continental where all the assassins go. Yeah. In this series they go to the library, which is oh. like literally a, a library hosted by like the librarians which are like you know that's who the assassins go to when they need safety or they need guns or they need stuff like that so they there's lots of parallels between it and the john wick universe but it was very female focused so kind of like almost atomic blonde kind of yeah hmm. it's kind of like when they redid ghostbusters with an all female cast but like this movie doesn't suck <laughs> all right that sounds right Okay, because yeah, I was looking at this the other day, and I was like, I don't know if that's good or not, and I'll wait and hear what you think, and that seems like I should totally check it out. Yeah, well, you love your Friday night, just like mindless action kind yeah. of things, and that's it's very much, that's exactly what it is. So, okay, that's perfect, because mm-hmm. I need another one of those. I think this week is Jungle Cruise. Oh, exciting. Yes. But last week was uh, The Forever Purge. Which we both watched. What yeah. did you think? Because I thought that was trash. Oh yeah, it was compared to all the other Purge movies, it was terrible. Yeah. But like what I, made it really terrible, there was like one massive gaping fucking plot hole right at the beginning that just, like the rest of the movie sucked, but yep. <laughs> this just added a whole layer of suck to it. 
also like heavy fucking spoiler alert here. Yeah, totally. Because I'm I'm gonna fucking talk about everything. Yep. But at the fucking beginning, after the purge is over and the fucking rich ranchman comes out of their house, and then the fucking Mexicans decide that they're starting the forever purge and they're about to execute his family, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other Mexican guys that work on the ranch end up saving his family's life. Yep. And then they all go, oh shit, like they can hear on the news and the radio, like people are still purging and things aren't safe. And for whatever fucking reason, they decide they're all going to get into a goddamn Kenworth tractor and <laughs> yeah. drive away from the farm instead of going back into their fucking farmhouse, pushing the button and yeah. stealing closing everything again. Yes, there exactly. was absolutely no fucking need for them to go out into the wild. They nope. could have went back in their house and locked their fucking doors and been fine, especially given that the one dude's wife was pregnant. Right. Yeah. So right off the hop, you're like, what in the fuck are you doing? Your wife is, is like due like any fucking day here. Yeah. And instead of just locking down the doors and waiting for the military or authorities to arrive, like they discussed earlier that they're like stocked up with supplies and stuff. So there was no need for them to go anywhere, none whatsoever. But for whatever reason, he decides to take his pregnant wife on a cross-country adventure into fucking Mexico. That was yeah. the other gripe I had, is like the weird propaganda fucking bullshit agenda that like I don't like when movies push this like weird narrative yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So the whole like reverse yeah. hot-button political topic mm-hmm. where like, you know, Trump's like, oh, build a wall, stop yeah. illegal immigrants from coming into America. And the irony is, is in the purge, Mexico is the only safe place. Yeah. So all the Americans are fleeing and trying to hop the border into Mexico for safety. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, God. They need to bring this series back to its roots. Ugh. Because, like, this stuff slowly started to show in that last purge movie, like the one where it started. And, like, even that was getting a little bit too, like, political for me, where I was like, man, just give me a fucking purge movie. Because, like, those first three was just, like, awesome action of, like, this dude in a fucking neon bunny suit is fucking shit up, and then Frank Gorillo pulls out an AK and saves the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's fun times. Yeah. You know, but, like, slowly they're trying to, like, make statements and, like, have political conversations, and it's like, that's not what these movies are. Yeah, like, whoever thought it was a good idea to make the new Purge movie just one, like, 90-minute-long fucking political commentary track and like like, not even do it good yeah and like they didn't even do it well so it's like it didn't even work so it's like ah. yeah and then like the whole irony of the whole like he says it early on the one ranch man where he's ranchman where he's just like oh like i'm not racist i don't like hate mexicans or anything he's like i just think white like your kind should stick with your kind and my kind should stick with our kind and then like, like the irony is at the end of the fucking movie, his wife has a baby and his the baby's born in Mexico. So his it's, fucking son is is Mexican. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's like the final like little touch on our political commentary where it's like now see, see his kid is now born in Mexico, making his kid officially Mexican. So yeah. no longer will he have this belief of you stick with you and I'll stick with me. Like yeah. now it's like the ultimate m- melting pot. And it just, yeah, it fucking irritated me. And then, of course, all the the nonsense stuff. Like, there's that one scene where they're, like, all trying to get to the fucking hidden rose place where all the people who fought the cartels, like, secretly meet up and shit. They get stopped in the alley by that dude and his hillbilly wife. That's right, yeah. 
And like that whole scene is like 10 minutes of them just like talking and spouting off their like political bullshit. And it's like, if this is a forever purge and you guys are like legit, just want to like wipe out all the immigrants, there is absolutely no logical region where you would sit there and have a conversation with these people for 10 fucking minutes that you don't know. Yeah. Because the, the thing that always drives me nuts is like, why do these bad guys right before they decide they're going to, you know, kill whoever that they want to kill, feel the need to explain their motivations and like emotionally toy with someone because as soon as you kill that person yeah. it's completely irrelevant it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter at all yeah. like oh i'm gonna like strike fear into their heart for 30 seconds and then kill them and then that fear yeah. doesn't exist anymore like it's just so fucking hokey and so goddamn stupid and it just drives me off the wall yeah it was yeah, this, a terrible movie yeah and it was like i had as someone who, like, a month ago finally got into the Purge movies and I was just having a really good time with it, I was really excited for this. And then I watched it and I was like, man, that was fucking shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, that sucked. I was expecting way more because, like, I saw the trailer and I was like, ooh, a Purge that doesn't stop? Yeah, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing was just this political statement and the action wasn't even that good. And it was just like, oh, man. Yeah, it was really bad, but, like... I could have been okay with it if it was just mindless purge violence like the rest of them. Yeah. But what ultimately ruined it was this like reverse political commentary. Yeah. That's, that was just like that. Yeah. There's a time and a place for those movies. Like those are the ones that are critically acclaimed yeah. and get, you know, yeah. award recognition and shit. This is a fucking purge movie. Yes. It's, it there's, does not belong to be, in the purge. It doesn't belong in a fucking purge movie at all. Like that is not the movie you pick to make those statements. No, not even a little bit. Because like A, it, it doesn't fit, and B, you can't do it well enough because you're not that type of movie, so it's just going to fall flat. Yeah, it, it just, it has no fucking, no place in that. It would be like if the Fast and the Furious movies, as ridiculous and obscene as they are, decided to take a whole movie that was just one long political commentary track yeah. on, like, the wealth disparity gap. It's yeah, like, what are you guys fucking doing? That's yeah. not why I watch Fast and Furious. Yes, yes. I, I get in a space. That's why I watch you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this was. I, I'm really curious what their long term plans for the purge is because you got to think they're going to make more, right? Well, one would think, but I mean, like, this is the forever purge, and they announce like the founding fathers are like, it's all over. So, like, how do you do another purge after this? I don't know. Because the new founding fathers don't exist anymore, and the purge is, is done. So, like, yeah. do you just all of a sudden swap over to a different country where they're like, hey, these America had a successful purge for years. Maybe we'll try it in uh, in France. And then you get, like, a France purge? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They left it, yeah, and that's another thing that bugged me about that movie, too, is they left it in a weird place where it's like, how do you do another purge movie even if you wanted to make another one? Is like... Yeah, so it's like, yeah, on, like on all fronts, it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, to be be honest, I there was not a redeeming quality to that movie. I don't think. No, it very it, it very much so like tainted that entire franchise and what they were building building up to. Yeah, because yeah. the the original Purge, you're like interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we then, live in such a fucked up world that like yeah. that's something that like the yeah. likelihood is pretty fucking slim. But I mean like. I, yeah. I could totally see 
yeah. someone pushing for something like yeah. this because they think it'll make the world better. Yeah, the, the 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 logic of like the purge is actually like pretty sound when you break it down, mm-hmm. right? But but it's like that doesn't mean it's a good idea. But like it's always like funny is like when you watch those first couple of purge movies, it's just like would I go purge? Like I might, maybe I'll rob a bank. I'm I'm still poor. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So it's like that idea of like it's a it's a cool idea, right? You know. And then they play on that idea in the first three movies, and then that fourth one where they started it, they started to play with the politics. Yeah, that's when they they definitely were on a downhill trajectory there. Where yeah. it's like, oh, we only purged that so we could kill the poor people, so they weren't a drain yeah. on our society. That's the whole reason for the purge. It's like. Can, couldn't you guys just fucking leave this as the purge? Yeah, and it's like that movie had some passable actions. So it was like kind of redeemable, but like I don't know what the logic to just double down on that shit was for this one. Like it just, I don't know. <sighs> like the purge movies were good because they were what they were, mindless. Yeah. They they knew what they were and violence and yeah, they knew exactly what they were. Yeah, and it's just like, oh hey, we need another purge movie. We need a writer, and then. Whoever they hire to write the new one is just like, I'm going to make the purge that changes all the purge. And I'm going to fucking integrate this with modern day politics. And people aren't just going to walk away and be like, impressive action. They're going to walk away thinking deep. And it's like, that's not even remotely what these movies are about. No. Whenever you try to take a just good, fun, dumb action flick and you try to turn it into political propaganda, like you you ruin the fucking franchise. Yeah. Because that's not what the people want. Mm-mm. So yeah, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. So you checked out what we do in the shadows. Yeah, because I love the movie, so I finally got around to like checking out the TV series, and, and I only did the first season so far, but it's fucking good. It's just like the fucking movie. It's just ridiculous and obscene, but fucking funny. And like that whole group of people that are in it, I fucking love them. And it's just a good time. Yeah, I've been meaning it because I haven't seen the movie or the show and I've been meaning to check them out, but I just haven't got around to it because I know well, it'll be something that I'll probably like. Well, get a feel for it. Watch the movie. And if, if you like the movie, then you'll definitely like the show. But okay. if you if you watch the movie and you're like, eh, then don't waste your time with the show because the show is basically more the movie. Yeah, it's okay. it is that same style, that same sequence similar characters pop up so all right i would say definitely watch the movie as a, as a feeler and if right. the movie is something that you can get behind then you're you're gonna definitely like the show okay that makes sense yeah i've been meaning to check it out yeah and like i burned this off like the first season off like kind of like on night shift so like mm. hard like i i can't do a super in-depth review because i don't remember a whole lot of it because fair enough Fair enough. A lot of it's not like it's kind of like The Office where like each episode right. kind of focuses on its own topic and there's just a couple things that carry through as like an overall arc. But right. It's not something you need to pay intense yeah. attention to. It's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you can pretty much pick out any episode and just watch it, right? So Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But then how'd you feel about the Loki finish? I really liked it. I... Like, I think when we originally talked about this, I wasn't really on board with female Loki. But by the end of it, I was totally on board with that character. Like, once the plot picked up and I knew where it was going, I was like, yeah, this shit is fucking rad. Um, mm. I really liked where that show went. Like, it just went in no weird fucking places. 
I'm super curious to see where it goes now. Well, I have an inkling in what what the all the I guess reporting and rumors is like. This is how Marvel is going to kind of launch the multiverse. Which I can see that because right, like the next Doctor Strange is multiverse based, and the next Spider Man is multiverse based. Yeah, so this seems like maybe it's the context for that, you know. So I thought uh, that planet that they went on with the smoke monster, yeah, that looked gorgeous. That was great. I love yeah, the that look was, of that. That was visually very well done. Yes, I thought that was awesome. But yeah, I I really liked where that went, and Owen Wilson. That dude stole that show for me. He was great. Yeah. Like, really, like, never in a million years would I ever expected Owen Wilson to pop up in that show, but he definitely stole the limelight and, like, absolutely <laughs> crushed his role in that in that series. Yeah. Like, I look at that show and I take away and I go, like, the best performance in that show wasn't Loki. It was fucking his character. Mm-hmm. Like, he was great. So, like, yeah. And And, like, I don't know. Like, I think my favorite, like, Oh my god moment was like right at the very end of that last episode where he like runs back to the TVA or whatever it's called and like sees Owen Wilson and like runs up to him and Owen's like hey who are you and yeah well yeah but like before that you like he like sees Loki and says hey and then Loki like explains everything and then after he's just like who are you are you lost like what are you doing here and you're like oh shit he's he's in another multiverse right like it's so it's yeah, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to kind of like you said what they're going to do for like a season 2, you know. Cuz that's the only that's the only Marvel show that's got a season 2, I think. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, yeah, it's the only one. So But uh, to be honest, that's the only one that makes sense too. When you think about it. Well, they just did such a bang-up job of tying everything in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious what they do with that like because are we going to get the multiverse stuff? I'm trying to think, would like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man be out before whatever that second season is? I don't know. I don't, oh. I don't know if they have an official release date for either of those yet. Or is like the second season of Loki going to be... Yeah, I, th- I have a feeling it'll be kind of like an aftermath. Like they'll have the Strange and Spider-Man come in their multiverse stuff and then the new season of loki will be kind of like getting it under control in the aftermath of what's happening with the multiverse right right but i yeah. don't i don't i don't completely know yeah i don't know but i liked that show I, mm-hmm. I, I liked it more than i thought i would because like loki was never my favorite character so i was like okay all right i'll watch this but like actually i really dug it and i dug like the chick loki i was like you're really cool i want to see more of you so yeah yeah solid all around yeah yeah i think that's talk about those marvel shows like not a bad one mm-hmm. so. yeah that's all i got on loki yeah no yeah just check it out if you haven't seen it it was i i would argue it's the best of the the marvel tv series that disney's thrown out so far i think my ranking would probably be in the order they've came out really i'd put wandavision last See, WandaVision is my favorite. Nah, see, and I, I, for me, it would be Loki, then Winter Soldier, and then WandaVision. That's fair. I mean, it, at the end of the day, they're all worth watching, so. Yeah, none of them are bad by any no. means. No, they're, they're all really good. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so I finally finished this Lizzie story. I think I talked about it like a month ago. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. No? No, it's like there's... So I don't know if you remember anything from when I talked about it. It's essentially like... Um, oh shit, why can't I remember their fucking names? What's up? Okay, so Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. So mm-hmm. Clive Owen is like typical Stephen King. He's like an author in the Midwest. And he dies and leaves behind like all of his unfinished work. And people are trying to get a hold of it and she's having nothing and like no part in that. And Dane DeHaan plays a really creepy guy. Like he actually plays that part super well. Um, it's like trying to get these works and there's like this supernatural element of like a water heals people but is also a gateway to another dimension and that's okay. where it gets really weird and I don't think I like it <laughs> it's like it's weird like it, it just goes into some weird places and it's like I think that's the weird Stephen King that I don't like because yeah where it ended I was just like I there's a big giant made out of humans okay what it's just like fuck uh yeah it was weird like it's if any of that appeals to you then check it out um i like like both those actors and i like the stephen king works yeah that just sounds i don't know even a little much for me yeah and that's kind of why i checked it out because i like i like all these people like i like julianne moore i like clive owen jennifer jason lee's in it you know she's great you know i like dane dehan he was great you know but yeah, it just went into weird story places that I think just didn't hit for me. I mean, maybe it hits for some people, but but yeah, for me, it was like, it was the Apple show that has like kind of been meh for me. But Which it's, is, hmm, that's interesting, because like the ones that I have checked out have been phenomenal so far. Yeah, me too. And like, it's, I will say like, it's a very well done show. Like it looks great. It's acted great. Like the the performances are great. It's just like the story I like where the story ended up going, I wasn't on board with like kind of where it ended. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right then. Yeah. That's all I watched. Yeah. I don't really have much more either. So all right. Hey, well, I guess we'll end on that note. Yeah. And as always, if you have a question or a thought, feel free to shoot us an email tuning through the static at gmail.com. I'll catch you on the next one later.